Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. Again, I've heard that so often as well, that people think of themselves, maybe they're good with words or they're good with numbers. And then if you're great at writing or you're great at that side of things, it doesn't mean that you can't be great at numbers as well. And it, it can actually be quite simple. So once you put a little bit of time in to understand the numbers in your business, it doesn't have to be complex. And something that I've been seeing, which I, I suppose because I'm an accountant, I, I hadn't been aware of this, but there's a lack of confidence when it comes to understanding numbers. And actually, mm. a lot of the time, business owners are actually fairly close with understanding what's going on and knowing the key numbers, but they're just not confident that they've got it right. And believing in themselves and, and just moving that mindset away from telling themselves that they're not a numbers person actually removes so much stress. Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they've used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and super stoked to be hanging out with you here for another week. Now, today we're talking about a topic that makes so many people nervous. It's a topic that people are afraid to talk about because they feel like they're not confident or they don't understand, or maybe they feel like this isn't in my zone of genius, so I'm just going to turn my back or put my head in the sand and not worry about it. However, it's a topic that absolutely every single business owner needs to understand without a doubt. And that's being very clear on your finances and the systems around your finances. I've invited today's guest, Meryl Johnston, to the show because she really understands how small business owners and entrepreneurs can feel around this. And what I love about Meryl is she doesn't make you feel ashamed that you don't know. She's all about educating business owners so that they can create a strong business with solid financial foundations. Now, she's a chartered accountant who specializes in the cloud accounting software Zero, which I'm a massive fan of. And she's going to talk a bit about that today. And she's the founder and CEO of Bean Ninjas, which helps e-commerce businesses, agencies, and coaches and consultants with their bookkeeping and financial reporting. 
Now, this is cool because I don't know if you've come across this, but most accountants don't get this online kind of business model. So it's really great that Meryl understands exactly what it is that we're trying to achieve. She's been in this business now for almost five years and she's got a team of around 15 people. And Bean Ninjas was recently awarded the Zero Bookkeeping Partner of the Year for Australia. So she was the perfect person and a no-brainer for me to invite to be on the show. Now, she shares a ton in this episode. Now, right at the end of this episode, we talk about a live training that Meryl has ever so kindly offered to come and talk about it this Thursday. I just want to mention it to make sure that you don't miss it. Now, this is a training that normally I would open up to my clients only, but for this specific masterclass, I'm going to open up to all the listeners of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. So it's a live training called the Foundations of Strong Financial Systems. And she's going to be helping you understand what these systems are because if you don't understand your numbers, if you have poor financial systems, if you've got a lack of financial literacy, it can lead to very expensive mistakes, even like fraud or bankruptcy. And neither of us wish that for anyone. So she's going to help you make sure that you have a strong financial systems in place. She's going to be covering things like cloud accounting software, business bank accounts, receipt management, reporting, paying bills, operating system, the financial reports, what they are, how to read them and so much more. So if you would like to register for that masterclass, just head to samanthariley.global forward slash masterclass. You can register for that live training. Like I said, it's normally for my clients only, but for this masterclass only, we're opening it up to all listeners of the Thought Leaders Business Lab because it's just such an important topic for you to get a handle on. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Meryl Johnston. Meryl, it is fantastic to have you here today. It's great to be chatting with you. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation because something that a lot of people say, and I'm talking about business coaches, accountants, is you have to know your numbers. And I'm a big believer, and I could be wrong, that actually doesn't land with most people. That's like saying something in Japanese and then go, well, that's really great. And they don't know what that even means or where to find those numbers. So you're going to help us deep dive today to help people to really get on top of their finances. We're going to talk about financial systems and financial literacy. And whilst this could be a dry and boring topic, A, I know it's not going to be, and B, it is one of the most important things in business because if we don't get this right, we have to go back to a job. Yeah, you're spot on there. And it's actually a a passion of mine, educating business owners around financial literacy. I I started as an accountant doing the accounting and then I realized, hang on, no one's looking at the reports I'm sending. I actually want business owners to look at the financial side of their business and feel confident in that and make great decisions to know their numbers. I was doing a, a presentation recently talking about the number of businesses that fail and there were some statistics around the reasons behind that and two of the top three reasons related to cash flow and and poor financial management so it is a, a real issue it absolutely is why don't you tell us a little bit i mean you've just touched on that very briefly there but what i love about your business being ninjas is that you specifically help digital businesses and businesses that are selling online and i find that this is an area that most accountants definitely banks don't understand so i love that you're specializing in this can you tell us a little bit about how you landed here just a little bit of your backstory sure so i'm a chartered accountant and i've been working in corporate for 10 
10 years, but always wanted something different. I'm a surfer, I love to travel. And so I started a business, a consulting business actually, so that I could step out of that life and have a little bit more freedom. And that was back in 2013. I had some trouble scaling that business. It was built around my area of expertise, but each project was different and it was tricky to build a team around that because the project requirements were tricky. So I reflected on the kind of business that I wanted to run and having the surf and travel in mind, I wanted something where I could work from anywhere. So be location independent. And I wanted something that I could scale so that I could build systems in a team and eventually realize that dream of working less and surfing more. So I thought about my skill set, which was accounting, thought about, well, how can I do deliver that in a way where it's a bit more systemized and then came across bookkeeping. And so I decided to launch a bookkeeping business called Bean Ninjas with a co-founder. And we followed Dan Norris's seven-day startup methodology. So he flew up to the Gold Coast, which is where I'm based. And in seven days, we quickly hacked together a logo and a website and, and just got it going and found our first customer. And it was a side hustle in the beginning. We're almost five years old now and it's grown since then. I love that. I love Dan Norris too. I didn't know that you did that with him. That's so cool. I just want to give a shout out actually to one of my clients, Jay Harris, because he helps tradie businesses to earn more and surf more. So when you said that, I was like, oh, Jay's going to love this. (laughs) So that is a really great place to start. For people that are starting their side hustle now, can you help them to understand how you manage to finance your way or set yourself up to be able to leave your job? Because I know that a lot of people are afraid to leave their job because they don't have a buffer there. You've done it. You're the person, you're the numbers person. I'd love you to share some tips around that. Probably got two key pieces of advice. So one is think about your job. How can you leverage what you're currently doing? And part of that is are there opportunities within your role to build a skill set that are going to help you with your business? And then the other is the financial side. While you have a job, it's a great opportunity to start trying to cut back some of your living expenses and save up a buffer so that when you start your business, you don't have to make decisions that are related to not having enough money and aren't in the best interest of your business. I'll give you an example of that. If you've left your job and started a business and you really have to take on a client to pay the next lot of bills coming in, you might be working with people that aren't your ideal client or aren't going to help you achieve your goals, but you have to financially. Whereas if you had a bit more of a buffer, you could be a bit more intentional around who you're working with and make decisions that are better for your business long-term. So I think having that buffer is really important. Then when you do make the jump, and by buffer, I mean you might have three months of expenses or six months of expenses saved up. I was lucky in my case, I'm a natural saver. So I've been saving for my whole working career. So I had 12 months of expenses saved up, which really took the pressure off having to make a go of something in the first month. You don't necessarily need that, but but being conscious of trying to cut back your living costs while you're working actually can really help with the success of the business. And then when you're choosing your business model, I think sometimes we hear about sexy startups and, and tech this and the next Uber of that. And you might have some goals around that, but that doesn't have to be your first business. So I'd look at initially, what can you do to replace your income? And how are you going to do that effectively and then build your, your entrepreneurship skill set from there? And there's a, a methodology by a guy called Rob Walling that talks about that where you stair step. So you might start with consulting, then you might add on courses. But, and as you gradually build your skill set and your audience, your knowledge and your bank balance, you can start to run these more complex but potentially more scalable businesses. Absolutely. And that is so many great um, value bombs there. 
but I think that a piece that you mentioned I want to really highlight for the listeners is that to get to that first 100k which is kind of like that first stepping stone that you kind of do really need to hustle your way to that at the first time I know I'm very much against the hustle mentality but really you can get on the phone and get your first you know 15 20 clients just by really asking people don't worry about all the fancy funnels don't worry about all the things that are going to cost a lot of money just really get those first few clients in the door and by speaking to them, they're going to be giving you the feedback that you need to be able to build something that's more sustainable. So I love that you touched on that because, you know, it's so, so important and especially as you're growing your business because you have to put so much cash back in. And I think that's also another piece that people miss is that they do their numbers, work out how much is going to be coming in without thinking what's also going out. Because as you're growing, you need to bring on a team member so that money's going out or, you know, you might be updating your website or you may, may be bringing in new software as you need it. So just every single cent that you're bringing in doesn't go in your pocket. Like for a start, tax wherever you are in the world you know it's GST in Australia and you know you've got all all sorts of taxes all around the world as for a start that goes straight out so not everything that you make goes straight in your pocket yeah yeah spot on there and there's actually a methodology called profit first which is uh, the book is written by a guy called Mike McCallowich which really helps with what you were just talking about there where the money comes in but as a business owner it's going out for expenses and that profit first methodology really thinks about well put aside some money for yourself first put aside money for tax and, and then take that profit because I, what I see happening a lot with business owners, consultants, service business owners in their first couple of years is that there's not really a lot left over for themselves. And if they've been mm. more intentional around, well, what profit do I actually want and what do I want to pay myself, they might have been more disciplined around the expenses that were going out and, and think about do I actually need to pay for this 10th piece of marketing software and, and maybe mm -hmm. maybe they didn't. So that's something that I, I, a book that I recommend reading and also something we, we teach in one of our, our second Know Your Numbers course. I think that another piece to that that you were just talking about is when you're taking the profit first, you're also realizing what you need to do to bring the money in. So it's not just what's going out, but you might, once you know those numbers, that's a point where you can go, oh, if I just made two more phone calls, I possibly could hit my targets this month. So it's kind of like that accountability piece as well. You're right. It is. So it's accountability and I've also seen that it causes some questions around, well, hang on, there's not actually enough room to make the profit that I wanted because my prices aren't high enough or I'm targeting the wrong people. So it, it actually causes some realizations and maybe some harder decisions that if we're not clear on our numbers, we can just keep on ticking along and, and maybe not have those difficult conversations with our clients that actually we do need to be charging a bit more or we need to be changing the scope of what we're doing to be profitable. Absolutely. Now, something that I hear all the time, and I've even, I'm going to put my hand up and say, I've been known to say this before, is I'm not a numbers person. And the at the time, let me go back. So I had a business for 20 years and I was in business with my now ex-husband, who is brilliant at numbers. So it was very easy for me to see, say, I'm not a numbers person. He'll deal with that. And he did. He dealt with it brilliantly. Then all of a sudden, I was out on my own and I was like, uh-oh, I'm not a numbers person. And what I realized very quickly is that when, when you understand 
why you're doing what you're doing or why you're making certain decisions, it's actually not that difficult. And I wanted to call people on this before we even dive deeper into what needs to happen, because I think that that's a really dangerous place to be is to say, I'm not a numbers person, because it can be the fastest way to, you know, lose your business, go bankrupt, whatever it is, not get enough profit. So I just wanted to say it's actually not as hard as you think it is as soon as you've got a framework around it. Yeah, absolutely right. And I've again, I've heard that so often as well, that people think of themselves, maybe they're good with words or they're good with numbers. And, and if you're great at writing or you're great at that side of things, it doesn't mean that you can't be great at numbers as well. And it, it can actually be quite simple. So once you put a little bit of time in to understand the numbers in your business, it doesn't have to be complex. And something that I've been seeing, which I suppose because I'm an accountant, I hadn't been aware of this, but there's a lack of confidence when it comes to understanding numbers. And actually, Mm. a lot of the time, business owners are actually fairly close with understanding what's going on and knowing the key numbers, but they're just not confident that they've got it right. And believing in themselves and just moving that mindset away from telling themselves that they're not a numbers person actually removes so much stress. I love that you said that because you made me think back to a time where I actually reached out to my bookkeeper at the time and said to her, I just don't think I've got a handle on this. And she actually came to my house and looked at the way that, you know, that I was, I'd set my zero up. She looked at like the way that I was you know, had my folders, asked me questions. And I was like, I've got no idea what she's doing, what I'm doing. What actually ended up happening was her saying, you hundred percent spot on. There's nothing more that I can help you with. It's all there. So it was just, it was that confidence of knowing that I was doing the right thing instead of second guessing everything. So definitely, I guess my biggest piece of advice that I'd like to give to everyone is make sure you've got the right team. Make sure you've got an accountant that you can trust and a book keeper that's got your back because for me the biggest thing was having a bookkeeper that totally has my back it changed my it changed my life literally you know so Meryl can you take us through what does knowing your numbers actually mean I'll give a couple of examples so no, knowing your numbers to the way my definition of it relates to being aware of the key numbers in your your business and what drives it and to check whether someone knows their numbers, I would ask a couple of questions like, how much profit did you make last month? And if you knew your numbers, then you would have an answer to that. And an indication of someone not knowing their numbers would be to look at the cash balance that's in their business and think of all of that money as something that they could take out of the business. Whereas really, there's probably some tax that's owed with the money that's in the bank account. Some of it might be owed to supply. So it is a bit different. The the other component of that is knowing the levers in your business that you can pull to or adjust to improve the profit or what you can take home. And if we think about that, just really simply, there's sales, so money coming in and you can increase prices or you can make more sales to adjust that lever. There's the cost of delivery, or if you have a product business, the cost of creating those products. And so there's some levers that you could pull around that maybe, but it it can be difficult around cost of delivery. And then you have your overhead expenses and potentially there's things that you can adjust there in terms of things like software subscriptions to reduce those costs. So there's really only a few main levers. And if you're aware of what those numbers are and how much you make when you sell a consulting job, 
So what, what are your costs of delivery? Then you're starting to understand the key drivers in your business. So where do we find those numbers, the, the profit, the cost of those leave or the, the cost of sales or the sales that are coming in? Where can we go to actually find what those numbers are in our business? Those numbers are captured in financial reports and there's two key reports, the balance sheet and the profit and loss. And these are reports I recommend every business owner is looking at each month. And, and these can be run through your accounting system. So if you're using, you mentioned Zero earlier, that's our favorite cloud accounting tool as well. And there are reports that you can run from that software. So step one is, is actually making sure that you're, you're gathering all of the information that goes into those reports. And I call that financial, the financial system. And then the second component is understanding what those reports mean and, and being able to interpret them. So if I talk through the financial system first, there's a few elements Mm -hmm. to that. And part of that involves using some kind of system, cloud accounting system, so that you can use automation and move away from spreadsheets. Using business banking, actually not not going to Dan Murphy's and putting that on your business card because Mm -hmm. behaviour like that then makes it difficult to track what's a business cost and what's not. And also being disciplined with your receipts. And once you're doing that and you're regularly keeping on top of bookkeeping or your bookkeeper is, then all of that information is coming across into the balance sheet and the profit and loss. And I'll just quickly explain what they are. So the balance sheet, that gives you a summary of the assets that you own. An example of that would be the money that's in your bank account or if your customers owe you money, debtors, age receivables, liabilities, which is money that you owe to other people, for example, the tax department. And then the third element of that is equity. So that's what you own and what you owe at a point in time. The other is the profit and loss. And everyone seems to go straight to their profit and loss. What's my profit for mm-hmm. the month? Most accounting areas are usually found in the balance sheet, which is why it's important to look at that as well. And the profit and loss is really revenue. So what came in, less expenses. What came out is the net profit. So you talked about the systems. We just mentioned zero, also mentioned spreadsheets, which is what I did for about six months before I decided, oh my God, (laughs) if I have to look at another spreadsheet, try and work this out and spend all of these hours on it, I I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. What do you recommend for people that are starting their business? Do you recommend they start in something like a spreadsheet? Do you recommend they start in straight away in something like zero? And what if you do recommend they start in a spreadsheet? Like what's the best time to to change that system over? That's a great question. And I think it is common to start with a spreadsheet. And the way I'd make a decision around around whether to pay for any piece of software is to look at the cost benefit. And as soon as the benefit outweighs the cost, then it's time to move. With zero, the standard plan's around $50 a month. And so if I look at consulting rates, you're probably charging well over $100 an hour. So if it's going to, if, if using the software is going to save more than half an hour of your time, then it's probably worth investing in that software. Whereas if your business is only a couple of weeks old and you only have one or two transactions going through your business bank account, probably okay in a spreadsheet for a little while. But as soon as you're getting more transactions and making more sales, then it's time to move to accounting software. And something else I'd consider is as your business grows, you're probably going to get more and more busy as you, you take on more clients. So don't leave it to the point that you're super busy and can't focus on getting zero or whatever other software you choose to set up. 
That is such brilliant advice because I think that a lot of times we can leave things till really a little bit too far, like we string them along too too far and then to, to make that switch is overwhelming. So to, to really preempt that and to get it up and running first is a really great piece of advice. And really, and you're right, zero is $50 a month. I charge way more than $50 an hour. I can tell you how many hours I had my head in that spreadsheet and I can just make one phone call and bring a client on that's way more than $50 a month. So I think it's worth almost having that abundant mindset of how can I make this work to pay for this to make my life easier rather than, all right, well, what can I do to save money? And I'm all for saving money sort of in frivolous spends, but things like zero, I find, or seriously, the best time saver. And going back to what you were talking about before, the confidence, I know that it's all there. I know that my bookkeeper just logs in and tells me what, what's going on, what's needed. So it's, it's, and it's rather an investment rather than a cost. I look at it that way as well. Finances are a key part of your business and it's important to take them seriously. And I think investing in software helps with that. And I think it also makes you treat the reports more, they, they look more professional when you're looking at some, a report that's come out of zero compared to a spreadsheet. So I think it, it creates that mindset of taking the finances seriously too. So do, uh, do you have an example of someone that you've seen and obviously no names or no personal details? Did you have someone that held onto that spreadsheet too long instead of moving over? And what sort of ramifications did it have for the business owner? I've seen many examples of this with I'll bet you have. <laughs> with with our done for you bookkeeping. It's not uncommon to have people um, come and ask for help who are a couple of years behind on their bookkeeping and they've been trying they've been trying to do it in a spreadsheet, but it's not complete and not accurate. And there's been a couple of issues related to that. One, it's really easy to make errors in a spreadsheet. You can have a formula error, something mistype something, mistype a zero. And you just can't rely on that information. And then the other was just that lack of visibility over, are we actually making money? Do we need to adjust things like price? Do we need to cut expenses? It's very hard to do that if you haven't had accurate numbers for a couple of years. Uh, but, but don't be too hard on yourselves. It's not uncommon to do that. So it's, it's less about what's happened in the past and more about what can I do today to make a difference and move in the right direction with finances. I'm so glad that you said that because it's certainly something that I was about to mention next. Don't be ashamed about it because bookkeepers study to learn this stuff and accountants go to uni to learn this stuff. And as business owners, often we start our business with the expertise in what we deliver, but not in an expertise in business. So don't be ashamed be empowered. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to say, I don't understand. Can you help me? I've never had an accountant or a bookkeeper laugh at me ever. They're always like, absolutely. Like, you know, like yourself, Meryl, very passionate about educating business owners how to become more profitable. So take the time to spend to learn this and don't put your head in the sand. And I wanted to add to that comment that you made about being able to talk to your accountant or your bookkeeper. If you don't feel comfortable asking questions about your finances to your accountant or bookkeeper, or they're not able to explain things in a way that makes sense to you, they're using a whole lot of accounting jargon and they're not really talking in a way that makes sense, I think that's time to to go and find yourself someone that, that can explain it in a way that does and where you feel comfortable. And there's lots of great accountants and bookkeepers out there who enjoy doing that. 
And I think it's really important to feel like you can ask questions and it's not going to happen in two weeks or a month. Gradually over time, as you start to ask these questions and put more time into thinking about your own business numbers, your skill set's going to improve the same way it would with something like learning digital marketing. So surround yourself with the right people and feel like it's okay to ask questions. Oh, value bomb right there. Surround yourself by the right people. Something I talk about all the time, but I'd never even thought of being ashamed or being, you know, unsure of asking your accountant questions. So it's such great, great advice. So you were talking before about financial systems. Where do we start to even set up a system or how do we know what system to set up? What's, you know, what sort of framework do we need to be thinking about? There are a couple of different elements to a financial system. The first is cloud accounting software and making a choice around what is the right piece of software for you. And from my experience, we, we did a whole lot of research when we started Ninjas and tested different pieces of software. And we decided for our target market, which is small businesses who are selling online or want to be selling online, zero is the right fit, but it's not always the right fit. It depends on your requirements. So making sure you've got that. And then also having a simple way to manage receipts and collecting and managing receipts. It sounds so boring. And it's something you hear the, the stories of business owners with shoeboxes of receipts or they're in, they're in emails somewhere in Dropbox. It doesn't have to be hard. It's just agreeing on a system, deciding on what you're going to do and then following it. So you might use something like Dropbox. There's pieces of software like HubDoc, which is now coming, is included in zero plans, which are specific receipt management tools. So decide on what your system is and then follow it and, and be disciplined and consistent with that. The other part of a system, once you've got the software in place, comes back to op standard operating procedures or processes and, and being clear about who needs to do what by when. So if you want to look at your reports, the reports we talked about earlier, the balance sheet and profit and loss, if you want to look at those every month and you would be aiming to look at those within five to 10 business days after the end of each month. If that's the goal, then what needs to happen in order to achieve that? Or maybe your bookkeeper needs to, to reconcile transactions in zero by a certain date. Maybe someone else in your team needs to have sent invoices by a certain date. And I recommend mapping all of that out. We've got a bookkeeping timetable template that lists out all of the common bookkeeping tasks. And then you can fill in, well, when, when does it happen and who needs to do it? and then have that scheduled in your calendar. So that's a really nice framework around the goal is regular reports soon after the end of each month, not three or four months. Uh, we don't want to be looking at February reports in October. You want to be looking at them in March and then having all of that scheduled. So that's really helpful. I've talked a little bit about business banking. The, the other component of that is something called the chart of accounts. And I, I won't go too detailed here, but... The chart of accounts is basically a list of accounts within your accounting system. So you can make decisions around, are you wanting to track marketing expenses? Well, what kind of transactions go into marketing expenses? Are you going to classify Facebook ads as marketing or is that going into a separate advertising account? And being clear about that and then everyone in your team, your bookkeeper, accountant, your admin person, all being consistent and having the same understanding of that. Once all of that's set up, you may talk with your clients about having standard operating procedures written. I recommend that for finances as well. If you're outsourcing to a bookkeeper, they've probably got that in place. If you're doing it yourself or you're training a VA or an admin assistant, it doesn't hurt to, to have really simple procedures around, okay, my customers owe me money, what's going to happen? If they're a day late, mm. then you'd have a standard email template that you send as a reminder. 
Seven days later, you might have something else. And for each component of finance, like following up debtors, paying bills, and also preparing the reports, I recommend following that standard operating procedure. And we, we have templates for that in our course. Love that. That's so good. I'm all about frameworks and making it as easy as possible. Let's just tick a box and know that it's done and move on. It is so cool. Now, obviously, we can only touch on this very lightly today. It's a big subject. Um, it's not difficult. It's just there's a little bit to know. And what I think is so cool is that we've been speaking and you're coming to um, do a training, an online training for my clients next month. We always March is Money March. It's about looking at finances and making more money. And you're going to be coming and talking to my clients about uh, business finances. And we've had a little chat and have decided to open this up to people that aren't our clients. So anyone that's listening um, can attend this webinar, which is Intro to Business Finances. It's being held this Thursday. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you'll be going through in this masterclass? For sure. I've, I've touched on some of the topics here and we dive a lot deeper into those topics in the webinar. So I, I go through examples using Zero to look at, well, things like how do you actually customise your chartered accounts, what does the receipt management system look like? I talk through some examples of the standard operating procedures I mentioned and how I show an example of the bookkeeping timetable and how you would customise that. We also go through the way that I look at reports. So if you have a profit and loss or a balance sheet in front of you, I have my own technique that I've developed on how you, wish, you should actually review those reports. So what are you looking for? How do you make sense of that information to make decisions? So that's the main framework. We'll also touch a little bit on hiring. So how do you build your finance team? Who do you need to work with? How do you find the right accountant or bookkeeper? Love it. So to register for that webinar, just go to samanthariley.global forward slash masterclass. I think it's going to be a fantastic session. I'm so looking forward to it. I think that the biggest thing that I've taken away from understanding my numbers and learning this is that once you do understand it, it's actually exciting, which I cannot believe. 10 years ago, past me would not have believed that future me would be excited about numbers. But as soon as you can look at a P&L and or your balance sheet and understand what's there, the easier you can make decisions to move those levers that you were talking about so quickly and easily, where when you don't understand it, you're, you're unable to make those decisions at all. Um, so yeah, be excited about numbers. Turn into a numbers person. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking with a, a student who did the course recently and she used the words, numbers are sexy. I never understood why, you know, that phrase. And, and then she used that to describe her own finances and how she was feeling about it, just getting excited. And, and I loved it because I enjoy numbers and I really love seeing other people, other business owners get into it and start to actually enjoy it too. Yeah, when you've got lots of money in your bank account, they are definitely sexy. <laughs> Meryl, thank you so much for coming onto the show today, talking about numbers. I really look forward to spending more time with you later this week for that webinar, Intro to Business Finances. So again, if you haven't registered, head to samanthariley.global forward slash masterclass to register for that. 
Uh, and Meryl, how can our listeners stay connected with you? Where can they go to find you? There's two places. The first is our website, which is Bean Ninjas, B-E-A-N-N-I-N-J-A-S.com. And the other is LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. And you can search for me just with my name, Meryl Johnston, and I'll, I'll share a link with you as well. So Obviously, the links will all be in the show notes as usual. Thank you so much for joining me today, Meryl. It's been such a pleasure to chat Thanks with you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. But before we go, have you joined us in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook? If not, jump over there right now and connect with other entrepreneurs who are also building and scaling their business. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.